Welcome to the Journal Hijabi podcast. I'm your host, Sirin, and here we're all about elevating the voices of hijabi women in mainstream media through authentic storytelling. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Journal Hijabi podcast. I'm your host, Sirin, and here we're all about elevating the voices of hijabi women in mainstream media through authentic storytelling. And today we have a truly inspiring guest with us. Noor Shah is an African-American and Bengali fashion blogger. Noor started her fashion brand Layali in the fall of 2022. Layali is an ethically made upscale contemporary brand for those with a taste of high fashion and innovative touches to the modest fashion world. Join us in giving a warm welcome to Noor Shah. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. Noor. It's a pleasure to have you on this show today on the Journal Hijabi podcast. So let's start off by knowing you a little bit more. Can you tell us about yourself and what led you to start the Layali brand in the fall of 2022? Yeah, I can. So my name is Noor Shah. I'm a fashion blogger and influencer on Instagram and TikTok. I'm trying to start YouTube, but we'll see about that, you know, in the <laughs> near future. So um, for my brand, Leyadi, I have always wanted to become a fashion designer. So ever since I was a little girl, when I saw the brand Bratz, when it first came out, I was like, I think maybe 10 years old. And that was the first time in my life that I seen a doll that like made me like my eyes light up. And I actually went into Target the other day and I've seen like Bretts are making a comeback because you know mm-hmm. they the Barbie. The yeah. Yeah. And I seen the Kylie Jenner with the blue. And the hijabi brats. Like where's the hijabi brats? Exactly. They need to make me into a brat. No, for real. But um yeah, when I seen the Sasha Bratz style, she was black and she had this saying that was like, Oh, I have a passion for fashion. All the dolls have their own sayings. And I say this over and over when people ask me about it. But that really inspired me so much to become a fashion designer. 
because she was a fashion designer. And as a little girl, I was just like, oh my God, she's so cool. Her clothes are so cool. She just looks so, you know, bad and bougie. Like before, dolls did not look like that. Like they were not giving the girls what it needs to be yet. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't really giving. They weren't. They were not. <laughs> Barbies were like, you know, just like, you know, the- um, Just playing. Barbie. They weren't giving, they were yeah. just playing. They they were cute, but they weren't giving like so much character and like they didn't really have their own personality, how the brass mm. out. And I think that that really, really, really inspired me as a child to think that, oh my gosh, this is some super cool fictional black girl character and I can grow up and be like her. And I think I made my younger self proud because I really do see myself as a hijabi black <laughs> and Bengali brats now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so since then I was since a little girl, I just started to like draw all these different fashion designs and sketches and everything in the middle of the night. I would literally take this as if I was a fashion designer and take it so seriously. Imagine me 12 years old in the middle of the night at a sleepover. And I'm like, does anybody have pen and paper? <laughs> My cousins are like, girl, what is going on? They're talking about boys and stuff. I'm like, I need to get this idea. Oh, fashion for fashion. Yeah. And I had an idea for like a dress or something. And I have like, I took it so seriously then, but I literally do not have those, any of those designs right now. But I took it that serious. I was like, somebody give me a pen. Somebody give me a paper. But um, yeah, so I just love fashion. And I tried a few times. Like I taught myself how to sew. I remember my grandpa, he um, surprised me and mailed me my first sewing machine because he heard of that, you know, through the family that I was so obsessed and I was taking it seriously. And <laughs> he sent me my first sewing machine. I taught myself how to sew on YouTube. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I got this sewing machine. I'm going to go and, you know, start my fashion line. I'm going to be, make, you know, be that girl, make all my dreams come true. Girl, let me tell you something. <laughs> You know that one meme where he was like, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. But let me tell you something. I went to Walmart because I was literally the only place that I knew that had fabric. And we would walk past it all the time um, with my mom. And I would see this aisle full of fabric. I took all my money. I went to Walmart. <laughs> and I bought like three um like rolls of fabric and I took it home. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to make my first ever collection. And this was back in the Snapchat days. And I'm like, oh, yeah, um, you guys don't know. Something cute is coming real soon. You guys just have no idea what's <laughs> going to be so cute. And then um, I gave up midway because I had to sew everything by hand and with my beginner sewing machine. And I had no idea how labor intensive it was going to be. It was so much work. I don't think people know how much work it takes to that goes into the creation of creating just a shirt, just simply a hijab will can easily take you an hour. Like just putting on this trim and um, hemming up all of the edges of a hijab can easily take you one hour. So I thought I was going to make a full collection. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a little capsule. What, what kind of silliness was that? And I was like 18, that was in 2016 or 2017. Um, so I ended up giving up. And then I was in college anyway, so that didn't that was never going to work out, honestly. Um, but then by 2020, a lot of people don't know this, 
But the Leali that we all know today is actually the second Leali. The first Leali was um, launched in, I think, 2020. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the dates. After COVID, because this was during COVID, I really don't know. Time is like kind of like foggy. But I launched Leali the first time um, because <laughs> I told myself, hey, I don't know much about how people go about, um, you know, creating fashion lines, but I'm going to figure it out. And as I was learning and like immersing myself into the fashion world and learning, oh, this is what a tech pack is. This is what, you know, um, a digital drawing, this is what a CAD is, a flat, and all these things. I was teaching myself through the internet. I told myself that, you know what? I'm, I'm still going to launch this because I have the momentum right now and I'm just going to act as a stylist would instead of a designer. So that was the first layout. So I started hand selecting pieces and then um, like in accessories and I would just sell them. And I was like, and behind the scenes, I'm just going to keep, you know, educating myself on the fashion world and everything like that. And that didn't work out either. <laughs> But, but okay, okay. Let me say this first. I think that you're, from what I'm hearing, you have a lot of passion in you, and yeah, it it, it might feel in the moments that like you gave up or you felt like this didn't maybe turn out the way that you wanted to, mm -hmm. but I think like even in that failure, there's success, and it's not even it's not even failure, you know, like. I, I see the brand today, Hayati. It's very mm -hmm. professional. It's high fashion. It's exactly oh. what we hijabis need. And I was literally <laughs> speaking to another hijabi the other day, uh, a podcast recording, and we were literally talking about, you know, like the lack of hijabi clothes, like on the market. And not only that, but like uh, at a reasonable price, which they mm -hmm. are beautiful pieces at a reasonable price. And you mm -hmm. were able to do that. You were able to modernize that, make it so versatile to the hijab is exactly matches the top. It's attached to it. It could be worn at the gym. It could be worn swimming. It could be worn, worn as a burkini. It's like, do you really need to see like the power that you really had? And like, you, for real, you're going to make me cry. So hold on. Well, <laughs> this, this turned into like a Joel Osteen, like podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just over here like preaching, but I just wanted to like side note that because like, there's no denying that you have talent and passion. And although you've, you mentioned like those couple of, of struggles, um, you know, not being able to, um, like launch a whole connect collection and that's normal when you're a one person thing. And I think that's, that's what we very struggle with as, uh, hijabis running small businesses of it's like, it's a, it's a one person thing. Like me yeah. with the journal hijabi podcast, I've struggled at the beginning. I wasn't always consistent. It was a one woman show. Same thing with you, a whole brand, you know, it's a one woman show. So it's like, there's only so much that, that we can do, but I think it's like having that grace for yourself is, is absolutely important and not to deny the, the talent that you have. So. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Honestly, uh, that actually hit my heart because people, I don't think people understand when we have such creative ideas um how passionate we can be about them and how sensitive we can be about those topics and 
I know I get like a lot of, um, you know, love for my followers and everything like that. But to hear somebody actually say it, like, oh, girl, you, girl, you're talented. Mm -hmm. We see <laughs> that it. like hits me, you know, it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I absolutely agree. Like at the time I was just like, oh, my God, oh, when am I ever going to do this? Oh, is this even my dream? You know, I was really um like sad about it. It's very discouraging when things don't work out the way you want it to. And e although the first um, Leali was financially successful, it just was not hitting the vision or it just didn't come out the way that I really wanted Leali to be represented. And the page is still up. If you go on the first the dot Leali and you go to the ex Leali, which is the now current Leali, you will see a stark contrast between the aesthetics the quality, the style, everything. And yeah, it's, it was a lot. But alhamdulillah, everything has worked out the way it's meant to be. Um, and I'm so happy for it because it got me to this very moment in my life where I'm happy with Leali. And I was able to literally dress literally thousands of women all across the world who were able to wear my designs. Um, but yeah, so what happened? So I ended up closing that business down and I lost um, the entire account. So I cannot log into that account anymore. I was literally like getting punched in every- The website every or the Instagram? The Instagram. I literally, and the TikTok account. And the TikTok account had, I think, 92,000 followers. So- Wait, but why? Because you changed the name, basically? I don't know. I think it was because I got a new phone and then the iCloud that I used, I forgot the password for the iCloud and it was connected to that. And then the iCloud was locked and then the accounts ended up getting locked and they will not let me get access to it. I, I literally was struggling with it for months. And then the I was small like, business things. I had 92,000 followers, but I was like, Alhamdulillah, it mm. is what it is. I'm just going to keep on rolling with the punches no matter how much. I get punched no matter what. Um, but yeah, in the fall of 2022, Alhamdulillah, after many, many years of trying and um, falling, I kept getting back up and I knew that this was what I wanted to do with my life. And I launched and Alhamdulillah with the help of, it's not just me. Um, I am running it day to day by myself, but I was able to get help, um, investments from my husband, <laughs> <laughs> I was able to get help, you know, with modeling and everything for my friends, for my family, from photo shoots and everything. So it's not just me. I will say that I want to give like immense credit and immense thank and appreciation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. And then my family and my friends and my husband who have helped me so much throughout this entire journey. Honestly, I could not do it without them. That was it. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay London. Let, t tell me about this piece right here. I I've been holding on to this. Oh. So is it so is this from the old collection or the new collection? Because no. let, let me so, tell you this. If I'm invited on a red carpet, if I'm ever invited, I'm wearing this. This I is what I'm wearing. So, so unfortunately, I made the decision. Well, not unfortunately. Um, I made the decision to rebrand Leali to become more um, inclusive. Um, 
obviously that's literally one of the things about my brand that I hold with such high regard is inclusivity. I wanted to create, you know, pieces that, you know, was for everybody, you know, no matter who you are. And if you are hijabi, guess what? You have the option to pull this over and throw it over your head, you know? Um, but yeah, that piece right there, it was supposed to be part of this new collection, but because I am an ethical brand and because I focus on slow fashion and quality, um, the tailors that I actually worked with, the head tailor, the head seamstress, he unfortunately um, is very sick right now. And it's actually quite sad. And it's a family owned business. So I had to put a pause on that. Once they told me and they notified me and they were like, hey, you know, we don't know, um, you know, how soon we can get this to you, but we're going to give it to you. I was like, you know what? I've been working with these people for probably two years now. I was like, we can put a pause on it. You guys can figure out what you're going to do. And then I'll, you know, release this. And it was quite sad because I had already released it for pre-order. And then I got the news. And it was so sudden, but I had to make that decision because I still really, really want to be a ethical brand. And it's not like really all about money for me. I have to stand on the values that I, you know, say that I am or say that I. Mm -hmm. That you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, so until yeah. inshallah, they figure everything out. I am still working currently to try and produce those, but it's it's just me girl it's hard but I'm gonna still figure it out even if it takes me a long time I feel I feel I mean that that's a part of of, of running a, a brand like yours and you just continue to persevere through the hardships so as you mentioned the Yali is more than just a fashion brand it's also ethically made and environmentally conscious could you elaborate <laughs> on the values that drive Layali and how they are incorporated into your designs? So um, with my first and core essential collection, which was the um, essentials collection. <laughs> that's what it's called. <laughs> the essential collection was essential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was a um, collection that I launched in uh, fall 2022, which is my patented design, which is called the Lula. And I wish I was wearing it right now, but I was in a rush. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so the Lula has a pleated shawl on the side and it allows you to be um, able to wear this top in up to 20 different ways, including as a hijab in various amounts of those styles. So that is a literally one of the world's most sustainable tops as of today. Okay, and I said that myself. Nobody else ever said that. It was just me. <laughs> I think it's fun of the world. In the world. <laughs> yes, because you can literally wear this top in up to 20 plus different ways, might I add, because literally my customers will tag me and stuff and send me pictures. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know you could wear it that way. Mm -hmm. I'm literally shocked. I literally haven't even explored like endless possibilities. Sometimes I'll like, you know, go in a mirror and um, try to wear it you know, different ways. And I'm like, okay, one, two, three. And I like use it as a game because it's super fun, but it's sustainable in that aspect that you do not have to purchase so many different items and you don't have to have a closet full. You can get 20 different looks in just one item. Also, um, 
I started to make this decision because when I started talking about sustainability and being eco-conscious with my family, they're like, what, since when do you care about that type of stuff? <laughs> and I was like, well, I started to care once I started to immerse myself into the fashion industry, into the fashion world and learning about how all these things are made around the world. And I don't think that a lot of people are conscious. They don't know that the, like how bad and how, um impactful mm -hmm. the fashion industry is on the environment and that's when I start to learn about the difference between slow fashion and fast fashion and the impact that it has and how consumerism <laughs> sorry <laughs> how consumerism is kind of like destroying the planet and I was like okay I want to do this I love doing it not only will my um, designs be sustainable but I also will use eco-friendly recyclable packaging and everything that I do um recyclable you know cards everything has to be mindful in everything I do even if it's a sticker I see I see <laughs> I love that so you know with that comes unique challenges. So can you tell us more about the journey of establishing Leyali and navigating any hurdles or misconceptions that you might have encountered, particularly in the realm of content creation? You've mentioned specifically how as a hijabi, you can sometimes feel like you're walking on eggshells with anything that you do because oh. you are extremely judged or, or demonized, especially if you are a content creator. Please please talk about yeah. that. <laughs> yes, yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, I really do feel that being a hijabi woman, anything you do, you're going to be judged. Not only will you be judged from your um, you know, the outside westernized world because you are choosing to wear a hijab and cover yourself up. Um, anything you do, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you're just going to be looked like, um, I don't know, a victim. Oh, my God, this poor woman. We're going to be looked at as a terrorist. Oh, my God, this this lady is here, you know. And then you have the side where the Muslims, your own brothers and sisters who you would think would support you and love you for being, you know, able to have the courage to put yourself out here and have, you know, be the representation for Muslim women. So when they look online, they could see someone that looks like them and be able to, you know, look up to them or take and seek inspiration from them rather than um, someone who doesn't identify with them. You have these people who will say every single thing you do is haram. Oh my gosh, she's wearing lip gloss. She's going to hell. Oh my gosh, she's wearing blush, skincare. Oh my gosh, she's going to hell. Somebody literally told me, girl, Oh my, I see you wearing um, nails. I pray to Allah that your fingernails fall off because of the haram that you've done. <laughs> the the influx of, of the influx of people like that on the media is absolutely intolerable. Intolerable. It's not it's like you you're me wearing nail polish or something. Is this Halal Nail Polish Mercy Cosmetics? Use journal hijabi for 10% off. If you're a Muslim woman, you're likely familiar with the nail polish debate. A Turkish author from the University of Glasgow has researched this topic extensively, concluding that nail polish can represent a harmonious blend of faith and beauty for many. Embracing this perspective, Mercy Cosmetics, a U.S.-based halal nail polish brand, 
offers a wide range of vegan halal certified products. They also prioritize social responsibility, pledging to donate 20% of profits to provide water to underprivileged communities. As a special offer for Journal Hijabi listeners, you can enjoy a 15% discount on your entire order by visiting mercycosmetics.com slash journalhijabi or using the code journalhijabi in all caps, no spaces at checkout. That's mercycosmetics.com slash journalhijabi. Mercy, M-E-R-S-I, cosmetics.com slash journalhijabi or using the code Journal Hijabi at checkout. Join Mercy Cosmetics in celebrating the joy of nail polish without compromising your values. It's not even justifiable, yeah. It's 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 insane. So yeah, I just I have no idea uh, the type of comments and everything that I used to receive. It used to actually when I first started off because I'm a new influencer. Um, when I first started off, it was actually very like shocking to me because I had never in my life thought that the, I seen the Muslim Ummah in a different light. And I think when you put yourself out there as an influencer, um, that's when you'll start to see the Ummah and how sick they really are. And, and when I say sick, I don't mean like mentally sick. I'm saying like our Ummah is actually like <laughs> she got the flu. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right now. It's a disease out here. Yeah, she got the flu right now. She she needs some medicine. <laughs> and I think, yeah, and I think for that reason, that's why a lot of Muslim or hijabi uh, people are discouraged to step out of the comfort zone and start small businesses like these and speak their voice and show up and do things that are out of the realm of what an ordinary Muslim hijabi would do because they're so afraid of receiving mm-hmm. that backlash. Yep. Honestly, it's bullying. It's straight, yep. it's bullying. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's okay. And I think that any hijabi that has like this passion in them and, and just this innate talent that maybe they're afraid to show, don't be afraid. It's mm-hmm. like if, if other people can do it from other backgrounds or places, why can't we, why can't you yep. do it? Because you're going to receive the backlash anyway and just have that as your fuel and it's okay to fail mm-hmm. and it's okay to make mistakes that the good yeah. parts will will come so that's what I have to say about that I definitely agree 1000% and I do feel as if that you know just with my fashion um you know career and the path that has led me here today I I didn't, those were just the challenges, um, you know, with just starting it. And then when you release it and you expect to have, you know, such a loving and welcome arms, <laughs> you know, from your Muslim sisters and brothers, you like, oh it's a, let me say this. When you start off something, when you start off something new, it is not, you're not going to go into welcoming arms. You're going Absolutely. to receive a slap in the face is mm-hmm. what you're going to receive. And you and have to take that slap. Yes. Just take the slap and yep. turn it into a hug. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Um, I've, I have um, had businesses before um, and I decided that this was the journey for me. So I already had, you know, the entrepreneurial um, spirit in me to like, you know what, it is what it is and how to handle, you know, customer service or how to speak to people. And I've already been, you know, an influencer for a year before I launched Layali. So it has 
um, alhamdulillah, just, you know, kind of taught me to have tough skin and whatever you want to do, just do it. People are going to say stuff no matter what. It can be quite hurtful when you are a Muslim or a hijabi woman and it's coming from our own community. But at the end of the day, people all have their own ideologies of Islam and what we're supposed to be doing with our lives and their own opinions on everything. People will have opinions on anything on the internet, especially. Somebody can literally be, there's this lady. Reciting Quran. Yes, there's there's this lady, right? And she is like really pretty. She's gorgeous. Her hair is always done and stuff. You know, she's really fit. And she makes cooking videos and then she goes and feeds orphans and then she acts, you know, for charity. And you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, that's crazy. It's like, well, feeding, she, she, who receives backlash for feeding orphans? Yes, she literally does something that you would think is, alhamdulillah, yeah, this girl, she's so good. She's literally feeding orphans and posting cooking videos so that people can have, you know, um, inspiration and so that they can know that the money that they're donating is actually going towards the feeding the orphans and obviously you know throughout this video um she's just cute she can't help it she's cute <laughs> she can't help it because she's a hot girl so people are in the um, comments saying like oh she did not have to post that angle. Why is her hair done if she's, you know, why is her hair or why is she looking so glamorous if she's feeding orphans when they have no clothes? Why does she have this fancy pot when uh, these people don't have any pots of their own? Like people will find judgment on anything that you do, even if you're just feeding orphans. It doesn't matter what you do. So you might as well choose to do whatever makes you happy. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we've talked about your personal journey with your brand, Layali. Now let's go into your personal hijab journey. So when and why did you start wearing the headscarf and how has it shaped your identity and experiences? Okay, that is an interesting question. I don't know when. It wasn't like an actual moment, you know what I'm saying, where I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to start wearing hijab and I'm committed to it. And it wasn't, it wasn't like that for me. I always felt like hijab was part of who I am as a person. And I remember this moment when I was like in, I don't know, I think I was in like third grade and little girls back in the day, I don't know if, if they do today. Yeah. My niece does those like two piece hijabs. Mm -hmm. I was wearing uh, Arab uh, uh, weekend school. Yes. Yes. So I was wearing one of those at school. And, you know, my mom, she didn't ask me to, you know, wear it or like consistently whenever I wanted to put it on, I would just put it on and whenever not, you know, whatever not. But I remember seeing my big sister and she had those, you know, those triangle CK scars, those Calvin Klein scars. I'd never and seen I them. Was, Girl, back then, that was like, that was like. Is it real? That wasn't yeah. real. It was, a, it was real Calvin Klein. Oh, no, I don't know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. out here making underwear and hijabs. Okay. <laughs> Little CK, and it was like this chiffon, like very silky fabric hijab, and it was like a triangle, and you tied it, um, you know, you folded it over to put it on. Mm -hmm. And I seen my sister wear it, and I remember it was like this mocha brown color. It was actually the exact color I designed my um, mocha dress in, um, mm -hmm. the hooded dress. 
So I seen that and I seen my sister wearing it. And I was looking up at her. I remember exactly where I was in my childhood home. I was like, oh my gosh, she looks like it. Like she's got it. I don't know what she got, but she's got it. She looks amazing. And I was like, I went up to my mom. I was like, can I please wear this scarf? And then ever since then, I just, uh, you know, fell in love with it. But I don't know if that was the moment that actually started um, my hijab journey or if that was the moment where I just started to love wearing a hijab. And yeah, it's just mm. always been a part of who I am. Everything I have always done has always been um, incorporation and including hijabis. I had a skincare line and I literally would talk about how, you know, how to do skincare and long lasting skincare throughout the day while making salah because, you know, we have to make wudu. Um, I had a press on nail line, which was because I love to have my nails done, but I also didn't want to, um, you know, I didn't want to lose my salah or break my wudu and I didn't want to risk that. So I created that specifically for hijabis. Even before that, when I was like 15, I had a YouTube channel with my cousin called Teen Hijabi. And we would literally just, we're teenagers, we literally had a podcast. <laughs> and we talk about, you know, unique um, things and unique problems and stuff that we faced as teenagers, um, as hijabis. And even now with my fashion line, although it is not only for hijabis, it is with um, hijabis in mind. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that's very interesting. You have when did you start this teen podcast? Like what year was it? Girl. Girl, you're the, the first hijabi podcaster out here. <laughs> no, no. I don't want you to go look it up or anything. Mm. I just been like, I look mad. My gosh. <laughs> but I think we started it in 2014, 2015. Mm. Oh yeah, so that was pretty early. Yeah, so we did, we weren't calling it a podcast, we were just calling it, like, but now, today, I realized it was a podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. We were just sitting around talking, you know, talking about unique um, Muslim experiences, unique hijabi experiences and problems, and we would, like, give advice and cite it from Quran and Hadith. Like, being hijabi is literally me, like, that's part of who I am, even if I... Like, I couldn't even imagine taking my hijab off because it is who I am. Although, there was a moment where I did want to take my hijab off. We, we, keep, we keep it candid. I mean, if I'm being honest, I think the majority of hijabis, if not all, because, you know, I mean, I don't want to speak for hijabis, but I would assume that there was one point in hijabi's life where like yeah they thought of maybe not wearing it or taking off or like how would this be if I didn't wear it and there was a period that we didn't wear it so it's kind of Mm -hmm. like going back to that period of like what if I you know continue that period of not wearing it what would it's it's more so uh rooted not like in maybe the dislike or hate of the hijab but more so the curiosity of like how would have things turned out? Would people treat me differently? Would I get more job offers? Would I have mm-hmm. more more opportunities? Would people take me seriously? It's just all of like kind of like that curiosity um, that I think a lot of hijabis think think of, and nothing mm-hmm. is wrong with that. So it's just I think it's like being honest, like yeah. And I'm actually um, I'm actually happy to talk about it because uh, you know how everybody has this. Um, Uh, on social media everybody has this um observation 
that when hijabis become, you know, big influencers, um, they start to take their hijab off or just start leaning back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then eventually it comes off altogether. And then people will like demonize them for it. And they're like, oh, you know, like I remember the first person actually that um, I've seen this happen to. And her name was Dina Tokyo. Dina right? Tokyo. Yes. I, are you familiar with her? Oh, yeah. She is the first hijabi YouTuber that I've ever watched. Same. In 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Love her. We love uh, her. I love her too. Um, when she first took her hijab off, uh, I was one of those people, I will say, I was like, I was indifferent about it. I'm like, it's her body. But at the same time, I was like, oh, but she did get her whole career from blah, blah, blah. Like, I had thought about that. And then when I became an influencer, that is the only time where I thought to take off my hijab. What? And really? that was the only time in my life. Yes. And I went to my mom. And this was actually, I think, last year. I went to my mother last year or the year before last year. And I said, Omi, I think that I want to take off my hijab. And she was like, why? So she's not going to like, you know, beat me. Yeah. Or <laughs> she's not going to be like, oh. like, this is what people think about Muslims. But she was like, why? And I was like, because I have never received this much bullying, harassment, and uh, negative comments in my entire life. And guess who they're coming from? And she was like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, online, social media. She don't know about that type of stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I've never received this. And it's coming from my own Muslim sisters and brothers. And I was like, I can't believe this. And it was just like dawning on me. I started to think, and this is Shaitan coming, creeping his way into like my ear. I started to think if I didn't wear a hijab, I would not be bullied this much. I could post a TikTok about fashion and nobody would tell me, you know, oh, you shouldn't be wearing that. You're going to hell. I wouldn't have this constant bullying and harassment. I started to think like that. And I was like, man, if I, I could, you know, I could do so much without having to, you know, be bullied from the way that I'm wearing my hijab or from wearing a lip or a lip gloss or skincare or, you know, a perfume or something like that. And I started to think about it and I was actually probably 40% sure that I was going to take off my hijab. I was like, because if I did it, but then I reeled myself back in and I was like, nah, I'm, like, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. Literally the same day. It wasn't like something I was contemplating going or anything, but the same day I was like, nah, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> and I was like, why would I take off my hijab? Because these people are bullying me. I'm not wearing my hijab for you. I'm wearing it for a long. And they'll bully you more if you do. And, and at the end of the day, I told myself, I have to not care what anybody say about me because I've always been that type of person. Even my sisters, they were like, what, what, what are you talking about? Because I always had this, I don't care what anybody say about me type of attitude. Um, but then once I became an influencer, I started, my videos started to you know go viral or whatever. I was like, oh, man. Mm. What? <laughs> that, oh, like man. you need to tone this down a bit? Yeah, but then I just yeah. made the decision. I was like, at the end of the day, I have to circle back to why am I wearing this scarf? Why am I wearing this hijab? Because of Allah. I'm doing this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to strengthen my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm doing this for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Ben and Karen and Mahmoud and Zainab that have fake accounts, they don't matter to me. <laughs> and that's how preach, I told to keep preach. it going. Do you think that narrative of the hijab 
in social media still exists today? What do you mean? Of like basically people bullying you for your hijab because now I think it's the opposite of people bullying hijabis for not having the hijab or, or removing it. Oh yeah, I definitely think that people um, definitely bully you just because you're wearing a hijab. There's it depends on the algorithm and what um, area you reach. You know, um, there's people who will just start you know, commenting Jesus loves you stuff. And then like, oh, you're so oppressed. And then there's people who will bully you because you're wearing the hijab while simultaneously living a normal life. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, why don't nuns receive the same backlash? We, I could talk about this for nuns, ages. Nuns are more covered than us. Like, why do they mm -hmm. receive, no hate on nuns, <laughs> nun mm -hmm. haters, but it's like, why are they such, you know, high representatives, whatever, of With re piety. religion? I don't know how to, like, word it. Like, positive representations of, of yeah. like, religion. Yeah, so when you say, um, people think of piety, but when you see a hijabi... You think of, like, oppressiveness, which it, it just makes zero sense. Because, like, at the end of the day, these people that are commenting about our hijab on social media, they're not even really backlashing the hijab itself. They're backlashing the religion. Mm -hmm. It's like if nuns are, like, literally fully covered head to toe, e even more th than hijabis, you're not even, they're not re even receiving the backlash. They're not even receiving the backlash about the religion or about their, their coverage. Not that I'm saying that, you know what? they're supposed to receive backlash but like kind of having them both as like the comparison of like how so you know right. ex explain it make it make sense that the deep-rooted issue is islamophobia hijab hijabi phobia yes and not even that because i know that we as um hijabis we always be like well what about nuns you know what i'm saying we don't often see nuns in my community but what we often see everywhere okay is these statues of Mary. What is Mary wearing in these statues? A hijab, an abaya, an open abaya usually with the with the um, layered and abaya. And the we, we are a representation of Mary. It, hello. Of so Khadija, of the pro prophet's this. wives. Like we are uh, representations of those exactly. high social status figures Khadija, like the, the prophet's wife, she is my biggest inspiration. Me too, girl. Me in too. Life. I never heard nobody else say that it's before. Like, don't come for me. Don't come for her because, like, you know, it, it, it's just crazy. It, it just, yeah, we we can get get deep into it. But it's crazy that mm -hmm. they that they like demonize us from wanting to dress this way. But if anybody just had an ounce of common sense, a grain of it, actually, you would see that all these statues you have in front of your church, in front of your home, on your candles, all of these things, all of these, um, you know, illustrations that is supposed to be of Mary, she's dressed in the exact same way as us, as the people that you demonize. And it's very interesting because all you have to do is open your eyes. But like Allah says in the Quran, they're deaf, dumb, and blind. <laughs> it's not their eyes that are blind, but their hearts. Exactly, exactly. Just just 
make it make sense. So kind of moving on from that, because I know that we can talk about that for hours and hours. (laughs) Um, What inspires your unique Japan inclusive designs and how do you stay ahead of the curve in the fashion industry? I know that can be very challenging. Or you just say you you just stay unique to like your you're not like trying to beat some sort of curve. You just stay unique to whatever comes to you. Yeah. I um think that it was very interesting this year to think that I could keep up with the um traditional uh collection release times as brands who have been established for literally over a hundred years. I thought that I could do that, um, but I quickly learned that that was um, not something that I was capable of doing, but alhamdulillah, it is what it is. And that's okay because these brands are fast fashion and you're not a fast fashion brand, you're a slow fashion brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And even the people who aren't like, even the brands who are not fast fashion, like, you know, as Hermes and, um, you know, Louis Vuitton, they have like, their summer, um, spring, they have their autumn, winter, they have their fall collections, resort collections. I actually thought that I could keep up with that, but then I had to reel myself back in, um, like to the business side of Norm, the business girl. And then there's the designer, you know, and I have to like, kind of keep myself, keep the designer in check because the designer wants to go out and do all this stuff. But business wise, um, I had to definitely, you know, come together and make a, um, realization, But my inspiration really stems from um, my own unique taste. I've always loved fashion myself. And um, I love things that are very um, convenient. You know, I never liked wearing um, things, you know, layering things like, oh, I love this dress and I can kind of make it work. But I would need a long sleeve turtleneck. I would need some leggings because I got a slit in the back. I've never been a fan of this. Nobody wants to have to do that. It should be easily accessible for us to wear something that we like just as it is for, you know, anybody else. Um, So, yeah, that really inspires me to make things as unique as possible. And because I try to stay ahead of the trends, it's actually quite interesting because that's when I realized, girl, the fashion industry is grimy. People don't know that not glamorous it's grimy it's grimy they see you post one some sort of fabric and some design and they see you and they're like oh my god that's nice a fast fashion corporation any big corporation is allowed to steal your design and you will get no credit for it even if they change it in the slightest way by adding ruffles hey boohoo mm-hmm. speaking of speaking boo-hoo. of <laughs> actually i don't even want to say it. well i mean I, I already know this i kind of tend into the fashion industry uh, you know as as well for, for 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 a long time and seeing like the fast fashion and and the material and i i see how kind of companies like these like boohoo and Chi and kind of replicate high fashion brands um and into telling and i think like the the part of it being fast fashion fast fashion produced and some people have to suffer from that labor of making it so fast and having unfair uh wages Mm -hmm. and and working conditions i think that people fail to kind of see that those kinds of companies boohoo and sheen in the way that i mentioned is, is very wrong and not justifiable but it's like people the majority of people, middle class, whatever, they turn to kind of those alternatives because they're unable to 
have access to the high fashion brands. So I kind of see it both ways, which is why it's like so tricky. Well, okay, then create a company. I don't know if there's like a well-known, uh, you know, f- fashion banner company that other than Nayeli that kind of exists to like have those prices that, in- that in- include different classes of people, but also has like that high, high fashion brand. And I th- honestly think that that's like what you are beginning to, to create here. Thank you very much. I, um, want to say that I will say with Sheen they are cleaning up their reputation of um stealing cleaning up their act yes I know that they are doing a lot of things that are actually like fixing a lot of the things that they have done in the past um and I'm actually very proud of them and commending them for what I've seen they're doing for independent artists independent fashion designers Because even these, um, you know, big luxury brands such as like Hermes, Louis Vuitton, whatever, even them, they steal from independent designers and they don't give them, you know, these opportunities. But I know that Sheen is giving independent artists, independent graphic artists, designers, they are giving them opportunities to, um, you know, create and design. I think that's, I've never seen any brand. And, any, and pr- uh, but- pr- pretty little thing in Boohoo, like I, and misguided, I see hijabi models on their website a lot. Mm-hmm. And ASOS. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, ASOS. A lot of my friends, actually, I think two or three of my friends have modeled for ASOS. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm like, okay, rep- represent, you know, they have like their, their, their pros and cons. And I'm all for fashion brands that kind of have that inclusivity of especially hijabis because that hasn't really been displayed in the past at all. And I think now more than ever, it is, we're seeing a lot of hijabis portrayed in, in, in fashion, in the fashion industry and fashion world is that online modeling and catalogs and magazines and, and fashion shows. And that's why I'm in red carpets. I'm like, this is exactly what we've been advocating for. And mm-hmm. I, we love to see it. Yeah. I love to see it so much. Yes. Yeah, so this has been an amazing conversation and I love talking about your story and your brand. So before we wrap up, what advice would you give to aspiring hijabi designers and women pursuing their passions? Uh, my biggest piece of advice, if you guys have made it this far in the video <laughs> or the podcast is do not give up. And I know people that's so like, you know, stereotypical people like, oh, what's your big advice? And people like, oh, don't give up, wake up five in the morning. No, when I tell you that I have had this dream since I was like nine years old and now I'm, I'm not going to say my age. Now I am much older (laughs) (laughs) and I have never given up, even though I've got hit, you know, and I had to roll with the punches. And as long as you are resilient, disciplined, and you have strong and sincere dua, anything is possible. And when I say um, don't give up, I'm not just saying like, oh, just keep believing in this dream. I mean, be disciplined. 
um, for my brand with Leali and everything, the reason why I was able to grow as um, it's not huge right now, but the reason why I was able to grow as quickly as I have, and it's only been one year, Alhamdulillah, and the reason why I was able to have, you know, so much success is because I was disciplined with posting every single day. Social media is your best friend. If you want to do anything, honestly, in this um, current social climate, you have to have social media and use it to your advantage. Post every single day, even if you're sick, even if you're not getting a lot of orders, even if, you know, you don't feel like it, you don't know what else you're going to do. Post something old, repost something. If you don't have any more posts left, do not make any excuses for yourself. Get up, be disciplined and consistently make dua and anything you want can come true. <laughs> that is the advice for the year. So, Nood, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners today that I didn't ask you? Um, yeah, I actually everything. Shall... <laughs> <laughs> I actually will uh, be starting my own podcast um soon. I don't know when. Probably today. Who knows? So I just got <laughs> this myself. Is it. This is your up. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got myself worked up and motivated and inspired. So I will be starting a podcast soon, inshallah. And I would love for you guys to come on over. And I would love to interview you, actually. Oh, of course. I would I would be honestly honored to do that. And I'm here to support this podcast journey. And if you have any questions or have any help with, with the pod- podcasting be- world, because I know it, it's definitely harder than it looks, mm-hmm. you know, feel free to definitely reach out and I will be glad to help you. Okay. Thank you so much for having me, Habibti. Thank you for joining us today and sharing your incredible journey, both as a hijabi and the founder of Layali. Your story was truly inspiring, and I hope that we can continue this conversation. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Journal Hijabi podcast. We hope you found Noor's journey and Layali's mission as fascinating and inspiring as we did. Stay tuned for more incredible stories from hijabi women around the world. And remember to stay connected with us on our social media at Journal Hijabi for updates on our upcoming episodes. Until next time, this is Sireen signing off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Thanks for reaching the end of the episode. We hope you learned something new about the women who wear the hijab. You can watch the recorded video of this episode on YouTube at Journal Hijabi. And be sure to follow our Instagram at Journal Hijabi to stay updated on all things hijabi and help spread our stories. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi.